Hello, this is Fred Callaghan, and you are listening to the Fulham Focus podcast. to the Fun and Focus podcast. It's Christmas! My name is Matt Boisclair and I spy with my little eyes something beginning with Marcello Bielsa and Leeds United. We're ready to look ahead to a game which a few weeks ago looked like it might be a top of the table clash. Since then though, we've lost three on the spin, although Leeds did throw away a three-goal lead at home to Cardiff last weekend, so both teams will be looking to bounce back from respective disappointing results. Joining me to look ahead to the game, firstly, is the Michael Hector of the Fulham Focus team. He's been with us a little while and has written articles aplenty for the Focus website, but now he's making his podcast debut. Having only been born in 2003, he's worked his way up through the Focus youth team and he's here to show us old timers how it's done. Danny Boy has finally signed somebody with some brain cells too, as this guy is studying for business studies and economics A-levels. Welcome to the team, Will Oakley. Hi, it's good to be here. Hello, mate. Good to have you on board. Also joining me is the Stefan Johansson of the Focus team. He puts the shit in shithousery. And as we all know, when he's in the country, <laughs> full of a crap. It's Morgan Cowson. Hi, Morgs. Oh, delighted to be here. Good man. Good man. <laughs> before, before we start, for those of you paying attention, Matt Baldwin is still on his pre-Christmas holiday in the USA. And a couple of days ago, he sent a picture of a fish and chip sandwich that he was ploughing his way through. And by fish, picture the traditional cod in batter rather than fish fingers. Pray for Baldo's cholesterol this Christmas. The man is an animal. All right, folks, grab a mince pie or two. Not you, Baldo. Sit back and enjoy. Fulham. All right, guys. So as we normally do, we're going to look back to a past encounter with this weekend's opposition. It's Leeds United. So Morgs, memories of Leeds. Uh, well, I guess the sort of the big one that sticks out uh, is the when was it the sixteen seventeen? We grabbed that one all draw at the cottage uh, with uh, TC's equaliser in the last minute. I think it's kind of one of those we haven't we have played them a few times in the Premier League. I seem to remember going up there for a three two loss and a nil fairly down nil nil. But yeah, I think the sort of obviously that game really sticks out as one to sort of remember. Uh, you know, it wasn't a win, but it was still a bit of a classic. It did feel a bit like a win, didn't it, with the goal coming so late? And that kind of put us back into uh, playoff contention as well and um, moved them out of it, didn't it? I don't think they made the playoffs in the end. We replaced them. Yeah, so, yeah and it's kind times. of it was one of those one of those situations where, you know, the sort of the whole leads are falling apart chant comes out of. And, mm. and you know, it. you look at that, and I'm sure we'll get onto it, but it does, I mean, well, obviously, losing a final lead is a sign that it could happen again, but they are looking like they might have corrected a few issues and they're looking very strong at the moment. Okay. All right. What about you, Will? Uh, Well, from the Leeds games that I can remember, last season's sticks out to me, which I think was around 17 or 18 unbeaten game in the unbeaten run. And what I can remember, I think McDonald might have scored off of his bum or his back or something. Yeah, Yeah, and I think the second goal was after, it was quite an end-to-end game, so I seem to remember Bettinelli saving a one-on-one and it going straight down the other end. 
which was kind of a real push considering Leeds was still a very strong side the season we got. You're right, yeah. Betts made a, uh, an outstanding save and I think the crowd were already on their feet for that. But then we just hit them on the counter-attack and Mitro buried the second goal and put the put the game to bed, didn't he? Um, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that was a that was a fantastic win uh, that season. But it's, Leeds were a different animal this season. I'm, I'm going to go back for my memory, back to um, our first season in the Premier League. Um, we went up to Ellen Road. Uh, Leeds were doing quite well, probably top four. Um, we were flirting with relegation. And Steve Malbronx scored the only goal of the game and we won 1-0. And that's the only time I've ever been to Ellen Road. And I'm, I'm not sure if we've won there since. Maybe we have, maybe we haven't. I can't remember. Um, do we, right. we, res- we get a result in the, uh, when we were in the Championship? I can't remember. I don't think we did. We had a couple of draws. I don't remember winning up there, but I might be wrong. I might be yeah. wrong. I haven't got a photographic memory of the uh, of the championship uh, seasons, uh, so who knows? I'm sure somebody will though. Google. I'm sure there'll be will. some stats somewhere that we can have a look at. Yeah, there there will be some stats later on. I am sure. All right, so I'm going to come to you with this question then, Morg. So we've been missing Harrison Reed recently. We've been missing Harry Arthur. Kearney's been ill, although he was back for the weekend. Bobby Reed's not been available. Scott Park has been playing around with the team somewhat. Um, what do you think he's going to do this weekend? I think we'll see the same back four or same back five. I know Morse is coming for a bit of criticism uh, of the last couple of games, uh, but I think he'll just keep that those sort of you know, that back four a bit of consistency there. And the midfield is the the big one. What is he going to do there? Um, you know, we'll see Kearney. I think we'll see Johansson. I think we'll finally see Onoma come out the starting eleven. Um, he says, hopefully, and I think we might revert. Well, maybe but we'll probably see Cavalero, possibly Kamara, and then obviously Mitro. So I don't think it'll be wholesale changes, but I think there might be a couple of tweaks because it clearly wasn't working against Brentford, or you know, any of the last three games it hasn't really worked. So if he doesn't, if he carries on playing the same team, then you're going to look at it and go, why? But on the other hand, I don't want to see massive changes because having a team that is somewhat consistent, you know, it could, it just needs to have that little bit of luck. So hopefully, just uh, maybe Onoma out. What do you think, Will? Do you think Onoma will play or do you think maybe Bobby Reid will come in for him? And um, what about Cabano as well? Do you think Cabano will keep his place? Uh, I think Onoma probably will end up playing. I would like to see Bobby Reid maybe take his place and play as a kind of push. A forward midfielder, kind of a cam role. But I can't see Scott changing him considering against Brentford, it still wasn't a great performance for him, but it was nowhere near as bad as the games before that. And I'm not sure about Cabano, but I can see Cav keeping his place in the team, but maybe Knockart coming in for Cabano or Knockart taking his place. Okay. All right. That's the thing, though, isn't it? I mean, it could be any one of a number of those. Um... Any one of a number of those players that that play that play in the front three, you know, you, could be Lockhart, could be Cavalero, could be Cabano, definitely Mitrovic. But take your pick from the other ones; they seem to be um, they, they seem to just be chopping and changing at the moment. So um, I, I think Cabano's done enough to to keep his place. To be honest, I thought he looked good in the first half against Brentford. Probably one of our more creative players, um, and I, I don't see any reason to drop him. He's looked excellent when he's when he's come on. Um, in the in the previous games as well, we kind of liven things up. But then I, I wonder whether whether he's a better option off of the bench um, to liven things up, as is Kamara. So who knows? Who knows what will happen? Your guess is as good as mine. 
Okay, um, next I want to touch upon what we need to change um, from the last few games. So if Marciano Bielsa was to send his spies to the Fulham training ground this week, Will, what would he see and what would you expect the team to be doing differently, if anything? Well, what I would probably think he would see is Scott Parker probably talking to Onoma again. But what I would like to see is probably one of the youth midfielders getting more of a chance with training with kind of the likes of Tom Kearney and Stephanie Hansen because they, they bring energy to the team. Onoma doesn't seem to bring that much energy. And I'd like to see the defence kind of working together as a team because they seem to be working individually at the minute with Joe Bryan kind of pushing forward. It leaves a massive gap out on the left and no one seems to be dropping back or shifting over to that side to help. So hopefully uh, Stuart Gray or... Scott Parker has kind of spoken about that to try and get the defence sorted out. I know what you mean. It's if uh, it's easy to criticise individual players here when, when you talk about Joe Bryan going forward and leaving a big gap because it should, it's a team effort. So if there's if there's a gap in, in that part of the pitch, then somebody should be covering if Joe Bryan's up the pitch. And it's very easy to just say, well, you know, Joe Bryan's the problem. But Joe Bryan is an attacking fullback. He's always going to get forward like that. So... You know, we, we need to make provisions for being hit on the counter-attack. I think, I think that's a good point. What about you, Mort? Uh, anything different you're expecting this week? Um, I think, you know, we'll touch on it. The defence are playing a lot of uh, sort of individual football at the moment. They, as our back four are, you know, Cyrus and Brian, they're both attacking full-backs. Uh, Reem and Mawson are very much, well, they have to be ball-playing centre-backs considering what, uh, you know, the style of football we play. But... I don't know what they've been doing on the training ground. I mean, Stuart Gray was integral to our sort of defence in that promotion season. And it's just whether it's, you know, the coaching is slightly different from his point of view or whether it is just these individual errors making the defence look ropey. Um, it's just something that needs to be worked on. But at the same time, my big issue, and I've touched on this before, and, you know, it's fairly obvious, is that we rely too heavily on Mitro for gold. and when he's not in the game, for whatever reason, be it his own performance or the t- performance around him, we are sorely lacking an attacking threat. And we really need to be working on that because that, as we go into Christmas, as we go into the new year and into the business end of the season, that is going to be an issue that is going to see us drop into mid-table. You know, Because you can't rely, no matter how good the player is, on one man to carry your team through this incredibly difficult league. So I hope they'll be spending some time on the training pitches, you know, uh, really sort of working on um, goals from other positions. So whilst our defence might be looking a bit dodgy, um, I think we really need to be working on our attack as well and be that little bit more clinical. Fair enough. And for me, I'm hoping that they're just going to be working on Alfie Mawson being able to stay on his feet and not just falling on his ass occasionally, giving away stupid goals. Fed up with him, to be honest, at the moment. Anyway, I digress. Right, let's look at some stats then. So head-to-head, Fulham and Leeds have only met 45 times in total. Fulham have won 18 of those and Leeds have won 22, so we're slightly behind. Fulham have won two of the last eight encounters, but there have been five draws and Leeds have only won one. The last meeting was the game that Will spoke about earlier when Fulham won 2-0 during the promotion run-in of the 17-18 season. Goals from Kmac and Mitrovic won the won the game then. Before that, the last five games we played against Leeds were all draws. 
the last defeat to Leeds came at the Cottage in the 2014-15 season when we lost 3-0 in March 2015. Um, this managed to get sent off by getting two yellow cards in the space of a minute. We've won 12 out of 28 home games against Leeds in all competitions. Aside from the home defeat in 2015, the last time we lost at home to Leeds was in March 1985 when we lost 2-0 in the old Division 2. Recent players who have played for both clubs, we've got Andy Lonigan, Matt Smith, Michael Brown, of course Ross McCormack, Mike Taylor, David Healy, Jeff Horsfield, Tony Warner and Olivier Dacor. Will, I'm going to come to you now. You're going to talk us through how Leeds have been getting on so far this season. Well, this season, Leeds have been averaging around 2.1 points per game, which is obviously impressive. But we know what happened when we were in the Premier League and they obviously slipped up towards the end. Their games seem to be relatively low scoring, scoring about 1.6 goals per game. And they've kept 12 clean sheets in 21 games, which is obviously over half. So that's very impressive. But they'll see have to see if they can deal with Mitrovic, considering he's top scorer in the league at the minute. Before they drew to Cardiff last week, slipping up on their 3-0 win they were having, they won seven games before that and are currently on an 11-game unbeaten run. They're currently four points better off than they were at the same stage this time last season. And they've only had three defeats this season, two of which have came away from home. Their average possession is 59.7%, whereas Fulham's is 61%, meaning that possession is could be one of the main focuses in the game, considering that's one of both teams' focus. And 44% of their attacks do come down the right side, meaning if Joe Bryan is pushing forward a lot, someone is going to need to shift over and cover for him. And they only concede 40% of their goals from open play. So set pieces could come in handy, although we never seem to be able to actually get a corner in the box and play it short instead. You're right, actually. We, we don't score that many from set pieces, do we? I don't know if, um, I don't know if you've seen, or you, Morgs, I don't know if either of you have seen that documentary series on um, Amazon Prime about Leeds. Uh, it documented their season last season from start to finish when... They were going so well and then they just blew it at the end of the season and missed mm. out not only on automatic promotion, but obviously messed up in the playoffs to Derby yeah. as well. Um, I've, got, I've been recommended players, it. so Yeah, yeah, de- definitely watch it. It's, it's interesting. If only just to hear the Leeds fans go, yeah, we're definitely going up this season. I don't know what accent that was. Um, <laughs> but they, they, they all the way through, they were, they were confident they were going up and then they blew it. Um, but my point I was going to make um, was that they are very um, in your face from the start. They're, you know, they're, they're high press. But the reason that, that they, they didn't go up last season, due to a lot of people's belief, is that they just burnt out because they just so um, they, they put so much pressure on from, from early in the games and then they just fade away. And last week, obviously, they were 3-0 up against Cardiff and they blew it. So I wonder whether this is just the start of them starting to burn out. Anyway, Morgs, I'm going to come to you. Who are their key men this season? Well, you've got to look at um, Ryan Tunnicliffe's best mate, Patrick Bamford, as uh, their danger man at the moment. He scored five in the last seven games uh, after a bit of a poor run for the last, well, best part of a year or so. I think he's been sort of uh, pretty useless, but he seems to have sort of come good at the moment. So 
obviously with Ream and uh, Mawson looking a little bit dodgy, you know, you've got to expect that he's going to be getting chances. So we're going to have to make sure, you know, really sort of get into him, make sure he doesn't get those clear cut opportunities. Also, they've uh, they brought in Helder Costa in the summer, and he scored two goals in the last four appearances. Um, and I think, you know, I think it was something that uh, Fulham looked at as well, wasn't he? Um, last season, and I think we've got to be watching out for him because we'll know what you know. Having watched him, we will know uh, what his uh, what his uh, you know what he can offer to the team. They've also got a really good goalkeeper. They've got Francesco Casilla, who was. Uh, Ika Casillas is number two at Real for a while. And, I mean, when they signed him, that was a bit of a coup. Um, but they, uh, he's, as Will pointed out, he hasn't, they've kept 12 clean sheets, I think it was, um, over the course of the season so far, which is something that we can only dream of. So, all around, they've got, you know, good players in, you know, at each of, sort of each of the lines. So, they are a good team. They do have a very good coach. And, you know, we really need to up our game so much just to be able to sort of take them on. And I know we're at home. It'll be a good atmosphere. It will, you know, drive the players on if we don't, you know, lo- uh, lose an early goal. So I think if we can keep some of these players quiet, I think, you know, another midfield, Klitsch, uh, Mateus, the Polish guy, he's quite strong. Um, so we've just got to keep you know, really keep these guys uh, under wraps. And, you know, how we've been playing recently, that may be more difficult than it sounds. So I think really need to sort of get on top of them, play, you know, play our game, but effective form thereof. And hopefully, uh, hopefully we can nab an early goal. And then for the love of God, don't concede silly ones. And if we do, I think then we'll see the fans getting on the players' backs again. And, you know, we may talk about this, but I think Parker's going to have a really tough time if we don't get a win in this. This is a concern, though, isn't it? With with them being so good and starting so well and just high pressing and us being the sort of team that sits back and almost like very casual with it, with our approach. And we know if we concede an early goal, then we could capitulate and especially if Leeds just go for the jugular. So we're, we're really going to have to change our approach from the start of the game. Um, but you mentioned Scott Parker then, and his, he's kind of like the talk of the town at the moment. And Don and I spoke about him in the Brentford reaction show. Danny has nailed his colours to the mask on Scott Parker with his piece on the full and focus website this week. If you haven't, if you haven't read it, then I'd recommend you read that. I'm going to come to you first, Will. Where do you stand with Scott at the moment? Is Saturday a must win for you? Um, I think Saturday, yeah, I would say it is a must win. But personally, I wouldn't say I'm Parker in or Parker out. Uh, I think if we could find a good replacement that's that who's going to help us push for the automatic promotion spots and or at least keep us in third, fourth place, secure in the playoff spots, then I think it would be the right thing to get Parker out. But at the minute, I can't see us getting a really good replacement until another kind of low Premier League manager gets sacked. That's the problem though, isn't it? You kind of, you're waiting for the uh, the managerial merry-go-round to kick in so you can start picking off somebody who's been crap elsewhere. And that's that's the that's the danger here. What about you, Morgs? Um, Saturday, must win for you? Or are you a bit more inclined to be patient with Scott Parker? Um, I think, you know, I would like... Parker to have time because I hate the fact that we keep sacking managers 
um, you know, after a few losses. That, but the, the fact of the matter is, he's not doing a good, good enough job if we lose our fourth game of the spin. And the Khan's ambition is to get us back into the Premier League first time of asking. If we lose to Leeds, then we've got a 14-point gap between the two of us going into Christmas. And whilst we could have a great run in the beginning of next year, it's still going to be a massive points gap to you know, overturn. So I think we will see a change if we lose this one. Maybe not straight away. If we then go into the next game and don't win that, then maybe that's when the change will happen. Um, I think they'd want to have a new manager in, if need be, uh, at the beginning of the transfer window um, so they can sort of you know, set them up for the players they're going to sign, if they're going to sign anyone. And see, the rumours around are that Hewton is looking for a job in London, which is what I've heard anyway. And, you know, as a manager with a pedigree of taking teams up to the Premier League, I think he would probably be one of those that they would turn to. I don't like the fact that in the past, whenever they sacked a manager, they've had one lined up because that clearly means that they've been working behind the scenes to bring in a new boss, which will unsettle any manager because it would be clear that was happening. So I really hope that if we do fire Parker, then we have a period where we do have a caretaker in just to really think about it rather than going for these, you know, inverted commas, no risk options and, you know, just have that right boss. And, you know, we may get the new slap or we may stick with Parker and he may come good, but the omens aren't great. It's a hard league to play in. And, Whilst we have played some good football at times, it's really looking as if it's just a bit too much for him to handle at this particular moment. I just hope somebody ends up sacking their manager and Chris Hewton takes over there so we can put that rumour to bed because it's a tedious rumour. I know he's got a record for getting uh, clubs promoted from the Championship, but God, watching his Brighton team play, they were shit. And I know they stayed up, but it was boring. And we're already watching boring football here. Let's get somebody else in, not the bloody Spurs assistant manager for years. Boring. But do we do we, do we think that um, the fact that it is boring football that Hewton plays, but is effective, that would be a step up from the boring football that's ineffective at the moment. And it would only be for another half season. Oh, it wouldn't be, though. It wouldn't only be for another be... half season. If they brought Hewton in, he would, he would be here for the you know, at least a couple of years until he started doing shit and then they'd sack him as well. Yeah, point. I, I don't, I mean, at the moment, you're right, there isn't really anyone out there who we'd look to and go, oh yeah, he's a brilliant option. You don't want to bring in Kike Sanchez Flores or something because he's gone and, you know, screwed things up at Watford. You're not going to bring Marco Silva in because, you know, Everton may have taken a sort of a pun on him, but he's pretty been pretty bang average where he's gone. And then what are you left with? You're left with sort of, you know, a bunch of merry. I mean, Pardew. <laughs> I mean, the the scene seeing Pardew at the QPR game making notes. That was, um, you know, that was one of those where you look at it and go, surely not manager. But I mean, my theory is that they're going to be looking to bring in a new director of football. He's, he's gone think, somewhere else. He's gone somewhere abroad, hasn't he? Pardew? Well, there was there was talk about it, but I don't know if he's actually oh, gone. I see. Or not. Okay. Uh, I right. think it was somewhere in Holland, but um, okay. I think. After this window, I think we might see Tony Khan taking a step back from the director of football role because he's clearly got other things on his plate and he's not getting the appreciation that he so sorely wants. 
And so I think we may end up seeing a new one come in still with Tony Khan, you know, ruling the roost when it comes to transfers. But I think we're going to be looking at a more experienced footballing brain coming into the club at some point in the next few months. I was going to say that it's not just kind of the manager, it's the relationship between the manager and the director of football. And whether that's finding a manager that meets Tony Khan's needs, which is definitely hard considering he wants to control all the transfers, or whether it's Tony Khan stepping down and getting a new director of football, because I think that's the better option, but I just don't Mm. know if he would do it because he doesn't know anything about football, does he really? He knows, he knows a bit, of course, but he signed Seri and everyone thought that would be good. But he also signed enough to build a but whole that's new the thing. team. You look at and look the, how the reason Seri good is the reason Seri looked good is because he looked good on paper, and yeah, that's exactly. the only and thing that Khan really works from. Um, yeah, and he's not then, looking at the whole. No, yeah. and the thing is that's fine. That's almost what you would think would be fine for the Premier League because it's a bit more of a stats-based league you know what you're coming up against um in the championship you don't know what you're coming up against a lot of the time because whilst on paper you know a lower level championship center back might seem a bit you know a bit shit he's actually not as fucking nails and he will take out one of your really good players mm-hmm. now you know that will unsettle a player which might put you know put towards a sort of bad performance but i think they just kind of need to bring someone in who knows the game and whether that is to support Parker or if it's to support a new manager, I mean, it's hard to say, but I think Pardew would be a, an awful choice. Yeah, great. You know, so, uh, you know, his reputation uh, amongst uh, players is not the best. I mean, he's a, he gets players up for, uh, you know, a good half season season and gets uh, teams sort of, you know, in good positions. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't think Pardew would be a good option. I think he would be, you know, he would unsettle. Um, whoever the manager is, I don't think it would be an easy person to work with. And in terms of what the club needs, it needs a bit of stability coming back into it. And I think a you know a sort of fairly well seasoned head coach, supported by a director of football with a good level of footballing knowledge from you know sourced over the years would be great. And whether we get that, who knows. Well, I, th- I think happens. you're going to struggle to find somebody that's going to want to come in and work under this model. But anyway, let, let's move on to, to the next point. So um, I want to bring Will in on this because I'm interested to know, as as a 16-year-old, I, yeah. I've been following the club since the late 80s. And I grew up when Fulham were awful. The, they, you know, we, we didn't know whether we were going to get to stay in the ground or not for many years. Um, and we kind of bummed along, got relegated to the bottom division. So I've seen Fulham in, in all the divisions. I've seen us get promoted from all the divisions. And I've seen us in the Premier League for, for 14 seasons as well. And to be quite honest, I'm over the Premier League. I don't really care whether we go back to it or not. I, I've said so many times on this show, I just want a team to be proud of. But as somebody, Will, who's um, who's only been following the club for a few years due to your age, do, what, what do you feel about the Premier League? Do you want to get back there at all costs or are you, are you just quite you know relaxed about it? I mean, in our promotion season, um, 100%, you know, the, the way kind of the atmosphere was leading up to the end of the season, especially when we were going on our unbeaten run. But with with kind of VAR and everyone complaining in the Prem, everything like that, 
I would not be too annoyed if we stayed in the championship. But at the end of the day, if you're not pushing for the next thing above, then there's kind of not that as much point in kind of getting the wins and getting the victories. And think about our promotion season, kind of the comeback against Derby. That meant so much to everyone. And it, and obviously the win at Wembley, it's just such a big deal. And it's, it's something to kind of look forward to. And yeah. Yeah, no, that, I, I take that point completely. But it's almost like the journey to get to the Premier League is an enjoyable one. But when you get to the Premier League, it's like, oh, well, there's so many things to dislike about the Premier League. As you said, VAR, um, the fact that we can't compete at the highest level. So we're just almost like clinging on by the, you know, the, the tips of our fingers to try and stay in the Premier League. And for what? To do the same the next season. And if we get any good players, then they're going to leave anyway. Um, otherwise, if we don't get any good players, then we'll go down. So it's rock and a hard place in so many ways. Yeah, I, I see what you mean. But the thing is, would you have kind of the journey without getting there? Because mm. if you're not bothered about getting there, is the journey going to to get there? Is that going to be as meaningful? Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. I completely take that. Completely take that. Morgs, did you want to come in on this? Yeah, I, just, I mean, the thing is, I, I remember when I first started watching, we were in the sort of lower reach of the, uh, the old Division 3. And it was, you know, it was a great family club and stuff. And then obviously a couple of seasons later, Alfie had bought the, uh, bought the club and it all changed. But that, I mean, that was all very exciting, but that was that was very new. It was all, it was a whole new experience for English football, uh, really, um, seeing someone like that come in. And yeah. it was the issue I have um, with not being in the Premier League is that clubs are always in danger, especially someone like us, who is spending money like they're a Premier League team. You know, beer on transfer fees, beer on wages, beer on stadium redevelopment, whatever. And we kind of need to be there to be stable as a business. And whilst that is the boring side of it, it's also the fact of life nowadays that you're only a you know stable club if you're in the Premier League. Anything out the, outside of it, you know, you could end you could end up going bankrupt and doing a Berry or Macclesfield or whatever. And you don't want to be in that position because it's horrible to watch and there is no exciting journey because you're always wondering, oh, what's going to happen next season? Oh, we've spent a load of money, but you know we're not making anything back. Um, so I think that's more of a commentary on English football generally uh, than you know us as a single team. But you know it'd be great to be back in the Premier League and then you know have a solid season. But at the moment, you know, Championship football is exciting. You know, it's great, but you kind of need to go up to really make the excitement you know worthwhile. Nice one, Morgs. Okay, so we're going to come on to a score prediction, and I'm going to come to you first, Will. Fulham versus Leeds at the Cottage. What's your prediction? I'm going to say a 1-1 draw with okay. us scoring first, most likely, because if they score first, I can't see us getting back into it, to be honest. So I think we're going to have to score first if we have any chance in this match, because it's definitely not going to be a nil-nil draw. We're definitely going to concede. But 1-1 is what I can see happening. Every week somebody says we're definitely going to concede. It's bloody depressing, isn't it? But every week it happens. <laughs> what about you, Morgs? What's your prediction, mate? Uh, yeah, I think we're going to concede. In fact, I think we're going to concede twice. 
but I also think we're going to score twice. So I'm going to go with uh, a two-all draw in this. Um, I, I'd like to think we're going to win, but I'm trying to be realistic as a, you know, a rational football pundit. Okay. So you reckon two all? I think we're going to win, but I'm the eternal optimist. I, I think we'll win two one, um, but we will see. All right, let's bring the Leeds uh, preview to a close then, and let's have a quiz. Fulham. Right, so it's Dagoy's quiz. Uh, listeners at home, there are forty points to play for. My co-hosts both have 24 points to play for each. Round one is called Last Time Out. As you know, last weekend marked our final league game at Griffin Park. So what I want you guys to do is give me the facts from the following statements about the last time a particular incident occurred at Fulham. Each statement requires two answers. So each question in this round is worth two points. Will, as it's your debut, I'm going to come to you first. So you can pick from set one or set two. What would you like, mate? Uh, Set one. Set one. Okay. So there's two points for each question, as I said. Question one. Ryan Sessegnon's last goal for Fulham. And I want the opponent and the score, please. Ooh. Um, Ryan Sessegnon's last goal for Fulham. Gee, uh, I can remember him. Did he score against Cardiff last season, maybe? I can't remember when when we played them. Um, did we lose to Cardiff 4-2 um, and did he score then? We did lose to Cardiff 4-2. He did score, but he scored since, mate. He scored on Boxing Day last year at home to Wolves in a one-all draw. Oh. So no okay. points for you there, I'm afraid, mate. Good effort, though. No okay, no uh, question two to you. Um, last time we played Rotherham away, I need the result and the season. That's um, a tough, that is a tough question. I wouldn't have got this. Um, last time we played Rotherham away. 2017-18 sees or were they in the league? No, 2017-18 and uh, 3-1 win? No, no points again, mate, I'm afraid. We won 1-0 in April 2017. So it's the 16-17 season. Oh, really? That was a, that was a tough one. I'd never have got that. Okay, question three. Last time we scored a penalty, and I'm looking for the opponent and the scorer. It was Mitrovic, but I can't remember who against. Um, Mitrovic against Derby? Millwall. It was Mitrovic against Millwall with a 4 0 win. So you get one point there, mate. It's not That's too fine. bad. Not too bad. Okay, so coming on to set two now for Morgs. You ready, mate? Oh, yeah. Okay, question <clears throat> one. Felix McGatt's last game in charge of Fulham, and I'm looking for the opponent and the score. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> was it... No. Well, be a loss. Uh, let's say a uh, 3-0 loss to... 
Leeds. It was a 5-3 defeat away at Forest, so no points to you there. Fair enough. Well done for anybody who got that at home. That is something that I think all of us have tried to erase from our memory. And by something, I mean Felix McGatt's entire reign at Fulham. Right, question two for you, mate. Joe Bryan's last goal for Fulham. Who was it against and what was the score? Uh, Joe Bryan's only goal for Fulham, actually. Yeah, I was going to say, he's only scored one, hasn't he? Um, Who was it against? Say... I have no idea. Was it Everton? We lost 2-1. It was this season, mate. It was home to Wigan in September. We won 2-0. This is going really well so far, isn't it? Yeah, really well. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Question three. Last time we played on a Monday night in the Premier League, I'm looking for the opponent and the score. Oh, God. (laughs) Was it Crystal Palace and lost 2-0? No, mate. It was away at Huddersfield on bonfire night last year. We lost 1-0 and it was Slavisa's penultimate game in charge before being sacked after the defeat at Liverpool. Bloody hell, Will. I bet you didn't think you'd be winning after that, did you? No, I mean... No, not not Morse. No, it's been a long day. Poor show, yeah. <laughs> right, so after round one, Will is 1-0 up. Okay, round two is family fortunes. Since it's close to Xmas, Danny Boy's got his bonus out again. We're giving you five guesses each plus an extra bonus point for each answer. All you have to do is name the last ten opponents we've played on Boxing Day. For a bonus point, give us the correct score from that game. So this is going to be back and forth. So, Will, I'm going to come to you first. Um, Wolves, 1-1. Well done, mate. That's two points to you. Um, Whenever you're ready, Wolves. Whenever you're ready. I know you're probably still pissed from Christmas Day on Boxing Day, but... I'm pissed from last Thursday still. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Arsenal 4-1. Arsenal 4-1. I believe that was on New Year's Day, mate. Same thing. Well, same thing. Sure, New Year's Day, Boxing Day. Sure. (laughs) No points. Back to you, Will. Um, guess number two. I th- I think there was uh, in our promotion season. I think we played Cardiff, and I actually I think because where I got four two from earlier, did we win four two? We did, mate. Seth well scored as well. Seth scored. You That's where I was getting. Right. Seth always scores against Cardiff. Exactly, another, yeah. Another two points for you, mate. Well played. Morgs, come on, mate. You are getting a bit hammering here. Yeah, I do remember. We, we beat, uh, or we played Ipswich um, at Portman Road. Uh, I think we won that one 2 0. We did, mate. Well done. That's yeah. two points to you. Well played. That was in the 16 17 season. All right, back to you, Will. Guess number three. Um, uh, did we play uh, Blackburn? 
at any point. We didn't play Blackburn. <laughs> that is a oh. nil point for you on guess number three. Morgs, chance for you to get back into it. Ah, <sighs> uh, no, I remember the last season, the Premier League. Uh, well, not the last season. Season I came back from Oz. We played Southampton at Craven Cottage. Yes. Uh, did we win 2-1? We didn't win, mate. We did play Southampton, but we drew one all. Yeah. So you've clawed your way back into it a little bit with a point there. All right, Will, guess number four for you. Um, It really is a guess. Uh, Leeds, maybe? We haven't played Leeds. No, just in case. Leeds. Just in case for your next guess, you think of going north. They normally try and keep the uh, the games around Christmas close to home. That's a little tip. Mm. Okay, okay. Morgs, back to you. Guess number four. Uh, I do remember a Spurs game. I think back in about end of the two th- end of the last decade. So I think that falls just as a, a thing. Um, I can't remember the score, from, but I remember it was. Uh, I'm going to have a guess. 1-0. Oh, you're close, mate. We did play Spurs in 2009-10, and it was nil-nil. So you get another point there. Well done, mate. Will, last guess. Um, Did we play Millwall on Boxing Day? We didn't play Millwall either, mate, I'm afraid. (sighs) Sorry. Bit closer to home there, it's a good guess. In actual fact, I say things are closer to home, they normally try and keep it south and north. And I remember in the 90s at one point, we had Plymouth away, which is a horrible trip to do on Boxing Day. <laughs> I think we did win 4 0 or 4 1 or something, though, so it's worth it for those that did go. I didn't go. Um, right, anyway, Morgs, last guess for you in this round, mate. Um, had a West Ham game, I think. Although, have I said West Ham already? No, you haven't said it already. I'll say West Ham. Um, I think we lost that one as well. It was we lost quite bad, was it? Did we lose three one to West Ham? That is a shout, mate. Well played. That's two points for you. We did lose three one yeah. at home to West Ham in two thousand and ten eleven. So out of that, that round, round. <laughs> will yeah, will got four points, and you ended up with two, three, four, five, six points. So you are ahead six five after after the first two rounds. So all to play for. Um, I'll just quickly run through the all of these. These are in reverse order. So 2018-19, Fulham one, Wolves one, Cardiff two, Fulham four, Ipswich nil, Fulham two, Derby two, Fulham nil. I don't remember that one at all. Bournemouth two, Fulham nil, Norwich one, Fulham two in 13-14, Fulham one, Southampton one. Chelsea won, Fulham won in 11-12, Fulham won, West Ham 3 in 10-11, and Fulham nil, Spurs nil in 2009-10. Um, close but no cigar, to be honest, going back as far as Boxing Day 2004, the only other answers are Arsenal. Um, the other years we played Spurs three years in a row and Chelsea twice, who were already mentioned. And in 2006, we played Charlton on the 27th, which doesn't count. 
Uh, well done at home if you got all 10 of those. Um, we had a shocker here, but we will move on to the next round anyway, which is guess the player. Um, so for those of you who aren't familiar, uh, you get eight, uh, eight facts about a Fulham player. And fact one gives you eight points. Fact two gives you seven points. So you, basically, you have to have a guess. And if you guess it from the first fact, you get eight points. From the second fact, you get seven points. Third fact, you get six points, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, right the way through to fact eight, where you get one point. And if you get it on fact nine, you get absolutely fuck all. There is no fact nine, and you're pretty useless if you don't get it in eight anyway. All right, so I'm going to read out these facts and shout out your name if you want to have a guess. But you are frozen out once you've had a guess, okay? Right, fact number one. This player is six foot five tall. Fact number two. He made his Fulham debut in August 2017. Fact number three. He signed for the club aged 16 and came through the Fulham Academy. Fact number four, he was part of the club's only side to make it into the Youth Cup final. Will. Go on, Will. Is it Dan Byrne? Dan Byrne. Okay, so you're frozen out, mate. You've guessed on fact number four, which would give you five points. Okay, fact number five, he hasn't scored any goals. Fact number six, he's been relegated from the championship. Morgan. Go on, Morgs. Is it Marek Rodak? Okay, so you're frozen out on fact number six, which I think would give you three points. Fact number seven. He celebrated his 23rd birthday on Friday. Fact number eight, he's a goalkeeper. Well done, Morse. It is Marek Rodak. Woo! Well played, mate. So the final scores there were uh, Morgan had nine points after getting absolutely nothing in round one. And Will had five points. So it was quite close, but there you go. All right, guys, that's it for this week. Will, enjoy that for your debut. Yeah, it was really good. Thank you. Good stuff. Good stuff. We'll, uh, we'll look forward to having you back soon. Uh, Morgs, plans for Christmas, mate? Uh, with, the, with the mother-in-law and the child, uh, the missus might come too. <laughs> uh, and then I will be sitting on my, my arse uh, drinking and watching crap TV for the... Sounds perfect. Sounds perfect. Yeah. What about you? I say, I say that I'm going to be probably looking after the child and cleaning and all that crap. So it's fine. Cleaning? Oh. Good grief. Yeah. Yeah. Rock and roll Christmas in your house then. What about you, <laughs> Will? What are you up to, mate? Um, no, not much really. Probably just stay at home, family come round. Nice. Very nice too. Traditional stuff. Great stuff. All right. Well, thanks you both for joining me and to all of you for joining at home. We will have a show for you after the Leeds game, but we'll then take a little break over Christmas. Keep an eye on social media for full details of when we'll return in the new year, or just subscribe and you'll get our show delivered to your device as soon as it's released. In the meantime, from all of us at Fulham Focus, have a very Merry Christmas, and remember to feed the Baldwin, let him know it's Christmas time. See you soon. Cheers.
Fulham.